You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the February 2022 edition of the Creststone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. Starting with editor's notes, naming names. I've been hearing that some members of our community feel that the Crestone Eagle should print the names of people who are arrested. This has long been a discussion at the Eagle. Other newspapers do. Why not us? There are a few reasons why, and this may all change when I'm no longer the owner of the Eagle. We're a monthly publication, not a weekly. If we put out that Joe Yano was arrested, that info will be out there for a whole month before any response can be made. He may be innocent, or not. But, in such a small town, he will be convicted in the court of public opinion. We don't have the financial resources to follow up at the courthouse, three weeks or four months later, to report that the charges were dropped or that he was found innocent. The new Eagle has recently raised money to hire a news reporter, Maybe this is the sort of reporting they will do. I don't know. Their call. I do agree that we need to know who the dangerous people in our community are. In reporting, we make judgment calls and we do make exceptions. So, I'll tell you a story. A while back, a Crestone Baca man died. There was much said about what a good man he was, but I had heard around a dozen years prior that he was being investigated for molesting a child in the home where he was living. No guilty charge was ever brought. Yet, until the day he died, I thought poorly of him, and suspected him. Two prior Eagle crime reporters also felt strongly the way I do about not naming names, innocent until proven guilty, and, unless we can quickly report on the status of their arrests and a conviction or dismissal, we need to be cautious with people's reputations. What if it was your name? or a family member's name in the crime report. Thoughtfully, Kizen. Also from Kizen, in letters to the editor, Thank you for Eagle support. Dear Eagle supporters, We want to wish you a happy new year and share the good news. We raised $21,329 in December for the future of the Crestone Eagle, with over $15,000 in direct donations from our readers, plus a $5,000 matching grant from Colorado Media Project. We received 124 individual donations with an average donation amount of $130. With these funds, we are more ready than ever to preserve and expand the Crestone Eagle. We are excited for 2022 and the big changes that are coming. We greatly appreciate your investment in the future of the Crestone Eagle and for believing in the importance of local and independent journalism. We have a lot planned for 2022, so please stay tuned. With gratitude, Kizen and the Crestone Eagle, Pete and Crestone Eagle Community Media. Now turning to the Crestone Baca weather report by Kino for the time period December 21st to January 20th. Weather summary. Temperatures were above normal, while snowfall was very much below normal. Our area is so far this winter being hit very hard by the lack of moisture, as the current drought just grows worse. There were no records broken to report during this time frame. Outlook for February. 
The average high temperature for the first week of February averages 36 degrees, while the average low temperature is 10 degrees. It does start to warm up in the last week of the month to average highs and lows of 41 and 16 degrees. The highest temperature ever reached in February was 63 degrees, set on February 28, 2006, with the overall coldest temperature ever seen in Crestone hit town on, back on February 1, 1985, when the thermometer dropped all the way down to minus 26 degrees. Crestone wasn't alone on that day, as most of Colorado saw its coldest morning temperatures across the state on that same day. Snowfall-wise, this is a dry month overall, with the average precipitation expected being 0.50 of an inch, with all of that falling as snow, which averages 8.7 inches. The snowiest February on record was in 2003, when 24.4 inches of snow fell. The 30-day outlook from the National Weather Service is calling for more of the same that we've been seeing for the last year or so, with above-average high temperatures along with below-average snowfall. For current Crestone weather conditions, visit Kino's website, www.kino.org vws. And we have another letter to the editor, Sawatch County Water at Risk. Dear Editor, the Douglas County Commissioners will be holding a series of town hall meetings to discuss buying water from the northern San Luis Valley. We do not yet have the date of the next town hall, but it is estimated to be in early February. The proposal to export water from the confined aquifer in the San Luis Valley is a scheme that puts Valley View Hot Springs water at risk. The San Luis Valley is a high desert with an average annual precipitation of just over 7 inches Water is scarce and precious. There is not enough water to export to burgeoning front-range subdivisions, developments, and towns. The ecosystem is fragile. The hot springs water that supplies the natural soaking pools comes from fractures along the geologic fault zone that is adjacent to the base of the Sangre de Cristo Mountains. The Sand Dunes National Park is a large area that depends on the scarce water that is here. Farms and ranches use the little water available with a keen awareness of how precious each drop is. The San Luis Valley economy, about $550 million per year, is largely dependent on agriculture. Contact County Commissioners. We need your help. Please write or email the Douglas County Commissioners and express your concern at a plan that has the potential to devastate the entire valley and Valley View Hot Springs. Mail a letter to Douglas County Commissioner's Office, the Commissioner's name, 103rd Street, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104, or email Douglas County Commissioners at bocc at douglas.co.us. Call the central phone line to reach the Commissioners listed below at 303 303- Six six zero seven four zero one. Commissioner Abe Layden, District One, has indicated he has not taken a position. Commissioner George Teal, District Two, has stated, as a Douglas County Commissioner, any opportunity to bring water into the county I think does bear serious consideration. Commissioner Laura Thomas. District 3 has stated she does not support the RWR proposal. This was written by the Orient Land Trust.
Now turning to the Swatch County News column written by Sandia Belgrade, there is no longer one fire season. Bobby Wools, manager of the Office of Emergency, provided an update on the Marshall Fire near Boulder. It is now the most destructive fire in Colorado's history. Until recently, the most destructive wildfires have occurred in communities in or near heavily forested areas. However, the Marshall Fire tore through a suburban neighborhood in the dead of winter with paved sidewalks and nicely manicured lawns. This was not someplace far off in the wood. It sends a clear message. According to Wolves, there is no longer a quote-unquote fire season. Many now recognize this event as a turning point. The impact from the Marshall Fire is widespread. An emergency elsewhere affects us even if a disaster is far away. For example, some residences in the San Luis Valley experienced power outages for a brief period. However, the impact will last much longer and valuable lessons are to be learned. Agreements are being made to put shelters in place, particularly in area schools, even churches. They are the few buildings with commercial kitchens and shower facilities that are necessary to be considered an acceptable shelter. This one... This will entail Memorandum of Understanding, MOU, and the Red Cross will be part of that. County Attorney Brad Crowell will help develop these MOUs. Sheltering is a number one concern and generators are also a top priority. Mountain Valley is the only county school with a backup generator. When it's time to have discussions about building a new community center in Crestone, it was suggested that the discussion must include how that new facility could be constructed to potentially serve as an emergency shelter when the need arises. For the general public, oxygen users need to have their own backup plans. Residents must build better and create defensible space around their homes to reduce fire hazards. Many are rethinking asphalt roofs, wood shingles, and wood siding. We must build with fire-resistant materials. That, combined with defensible space, is the best way to reduce our wildfire risk. We must be prepared for wildfire year-round. How ready are we in event of emergency? During a work session, the commissioners had discussions with David Hamill, Northern Sawatch County Ambulance District, Wes Moores, Northern Swatch Fire District, Craig Tomoski, Crestone Fire District, and Joanna Doxon, who helped clarify things about the Baca Grand Emergency Medical Service. What was most impressive was the extent of cooperation between the districts. Even with multiple agencies, only so many people are available to do the job. Encourage firefighters to be EMTs. Residents can take away from the discussion the dedication these public service servants have. Craig Tomoski said that building permits for Crestone Fire District addition have been issued, prices are locked in, and building construction materials are ordered. You may remember that the addition will mean fire, search, and rescue facilities and a Sawatch County Sheriff's Deputy will be housed there. Public Health Update Director Mona Lovato reported that what seems to be true for the country is also true for the county. We are not moving ahead as much as people would like. COVID testing employees. After doing research in other counties, there will be no mandatory testing. The department will make vaccines and testing available. If people have concerns about carrying the virus, consider voluntarily isolation and quarantine. Right now, nothing is mandated, but as Commissioner Thompson added, if you are not vaccinated, wear a mask.
The commissioner said that with Omicron, vaccination doesn't prevent it. Testing is key. The only way out of this, Commissioner Levada noted, if employees decline testing, there needs to be a policy. Land Use Code Facing Scrutiny A community meeting organized as a solution session by Lisa Bodie and the Energy Fair was held in January in preparation for a meeting with the County Planning Commission Land Use Code. There were concerns about several proposals by land use, especially the limit being placed on residential home construction. Section 13.4.14 stated that there shall be a minimum square footage of 900 square feet for a residence. Additionally, Section 13.4.10.1, composting toilets, incinerating toilets, and vault systems are not permittable or allowed in Sawatch County. 13.4.15, accessory structures are not permitted on vacant parcels until a permitted residence is completed, i.e. greenhouses, Hoop houses, garages, storage sheds, shipping containers, outbuildings of any type, studios, carports, etc. However, 13.4.15.1, agricultural structures being used strictly for agricultural use may be exempt. These are legitimate concerns given that many of the proposals from the solution session take into account living more ecologically. Add to that, Building materials have gone up astronomically, plus larger structures mean the destruction of more trees. Moreover, the state of Colorado sanctions small homes, and they are being built for seniors. In this county, one of the poorest in the state, it puts home ownership out of reach of many. Even road work is more expensive. The report of Randall Arredondo, Road and Bridge Supervisor, was an eye-opener as to how much prices have gone up for everything, including tires, signs, gravel, and asphalt, all large department expenses. Arredondo may hold off before buying in the event prices go down. Yearly Organization of the Board In January of each new year, the Board of County Commissioners, BOCC, designates who will be the liaison to various departments and committees, not to micromanage, but to help focus policy. This is not an inclusive list. Commissioner Thompson said she has gone around to different departments and learned a lot. She will remain with public health, seniors, courthouse security, and airport. Commissioner McCracken will oversee public lands, road and bridge, eastern trails coalition, BLM, and forest service. Commissioner Lovato was reappointed chair for the next six months. He will oversee housing, vets, administration, land use, courthouse, homeland security, and all hazards. Appointment to Rio Grande Water Conservation District Board, RGWCD. Dale Barty, a fourth-generation farmer and rancher, applied for the position to represent the county south of Road L. His parents had been farming here for years. In his meeting with the commissioners in January, there was a good back-and-forth exchange. Barty has been to most meetings of sub-district number one. He honestly admitted he was not up on all matters, but is willing to do research and get a good direction. I'm not a yes-man, he said. Pumpers have hurt surface users, but I need to look at more data. Commissioner Thompson asked his thoughts on renewable water resources, which is trying to acquire water from the valley to take to, to Douglas County. Barty replied, scary, but money talks and farmers who are going out, selling their land, 
could go with it. It's a Pandora's box. He has friends moving to Oklahoma because of the water situation and is concerned that more farmers may move. Water is the lifeblood of Valley, he said. The commissioners approved his appointment. He will be he will represent Sawatch County on the RGWCD along with Peggy Godfrey, who represents the county north of Rodell. County sales tax grant applications now available. Not every county allots sales tax money to give to residents for needed programs. It is like stimulus money that makes possible programs relevant to people in their communities. The Sawatch County Board of Commissioners will be taking grant applications for Sawatch County sales tax grants until 3 p.m. Friday, February 14th. To be eligible, grant applications must be for emergency services slash public health and safety, youth and senior programs, projects or organizations, or renewable energy projects slash business opportunities and job creation. Grant applications are available at the website sawatchcounty.colorado.gov or you can contact the Sawatch County Administration Office at 719-655-2231 to request a copy of the grant application. Now taking a look at Library District News, written by Audrey McDowell, Northern Swatch County Library District. Cool things, programs, art, and podcasts. Upcoming February programs. Both libraries will be busy this coming month. Tax prep courses will be offered at both Baca Grand and Swatch Libraries, as well as Lego Club and journaling events for younger patrons. There will be a new craft take and make available as well as an additional computing class in Swatch. Check out our website or visit one of the branches for a full calendar. Baca Grand Art Show. The art show for February will be unique as it will be a group exhibit featuring a variety of local artists. Each artist created a piece representing their personal experience during the pandemic. Stop in and see the wide array of experiences and emotions with the gallery open during normal business hours at the Baca Grand Library. In March, the art show will host a tribute for the late David Nelson featuring his creations of comics, drawings, and paintings. NSCLD Podcast. One of the most exciting programs this past month has been the recording of local stories for a podcast. We will archive and house each episode on the NSCLD website, social media platforms, and your favorite podcast apps. Each month, we will host recording times for community members. February's theme is Finding Home. Tell your housing story. What brought you to the area? What is, your, what is unique about your housing or building experience? What is your connection to the Northern San Luis Valley today? The next recording dates are Monday, February 14th at the Baca Grand Library from 5 to 7 p.m. and Tuesday and February 15th at the Sawatch Library from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. For questions or to RSVP, feel free to call either branch at 719-655-2551 in Sawatch or 719 Two five six forty one hundred Pacagran, or email Eden at Eden Elderberry. That's E D E N E L D E R B E R R Y at nsclibrarydistrict.org. New materials. The collection continues to grow with new items. Popular editions in the past month have included Daylight by David Baldacci, In Order to Live by Yanmi Mar- Park. 
Grains for Every Season by Joshua McFadden. The Witch's Heart by Genevieve Gordonich. The Last Checkmate by Gabriella Saab. These Precious Days, Essays by Anne Pratchett. The Inheritance of Orcadia Divina by Zoreta Cordova. Plus many, many new DVDs. Mask Up. The NSCLD is currently requiring masks at all times inside the library. If you don't wish to wear a mask, we'll happily serve you outside, but you may not come in. Please don't get angry at our library workers about the mask rule. It will not change this requirement, and it makes for a bad day all around. We will still provide great service to all our patrons, whether inside or out, and your cooperation with the library district's mask requirement is very much appreciated. Library Hours. Baca Grand Library Hours are Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Swatch Public Library Hours are Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. We hope to see you soon. And turning to happenings, as mentioned earlier, Swatch County sales tax grants are now available. The Swatch County Board of Commissioners will be taking grant applications for Swatch County sales tax grants until 3 p.m. Friday, February 14th. To be eligible, Grant applications must be for either emergency services, public health, and safety, or youth and senior programs, projects, or organizations, or renewable energy projects, business opportunities, and job creation. Grant applications are available on the website, sowatchcounty.colorado.gov. Use Sales Tax Grant Application Form 5, or you can contact the Sowatch County Administration Office at 719 719- Six five five two two three one to request a copy of the grant application. And now taking a look at the community calendar, February 1st, that would be Tuesday, a new moon, February 5th, here to listen with Crestone Town Council member at Cloud Station at 10 a.m. On February 9th, CEOLP IFC monthly meeting via Zoom, the website is informedfinalchoices.org. The meeting is from 7 to 9 p.m. on February 9th. February 10th, Sufi Deeker, all welcome. Golden Light Sufi Circle. For information, email hamidanur303 at gmail.com. Sufi Deeker runs from 3 to 5 p.m. on February 10th. And on February 12th, we have a Valentine-themed market at Scout Hut from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. For information, email Gracie's Urban Farmstead. That's G-R-A-C-I-E-S-U-R-B-A-N-F-A-R-M-S-T-E-A-D at gmail.com. Again, that's a Valentine-themed market from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on February 12th. And looking even further ahead, February 14th is Valentine's Day. Also on the 14th, Town of Crestone Board of Trustees meets at Town Hall Meeting Room from 9.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. And on February 14th is the Library Podcast Recording Time at from 5 to 7 p.m. at the Baca Library. And the Crestone Eagle wants to remind you about their new social media presence. They are available on Twitter, https colon slash slash twitter dot com slash Crestone Eagle, or Instagram, 
www.instagram.com slash the underscore Crestone underscore Eagle. And they have a new and improved Facebook page for Crestone Eagle. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the February edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn.